All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. But wait a minute. This isn't on our normal day. What is going on? Well, it's actually pretty simple. Today, Wednesday, we are doing our Waypoint Wednesdays live stream. But I got a feeling if you're listening to this, you might not be tuned into that. So here's a rerun from last week or previous week's episode of Waypoint Wednesdays live stream. Making sure you guys stay in the loop with information. So quick background on Waypoint Wednesdays. Waypoint Wednesdays, we try and do a little bit more of the technical stuff, components and things like that. Uh, Equipments, how-tos, things like that. That's going to be the goal for Waypoint Wednesdays, aside from our normal podcast programming. So with that being said, guys, I hope everybody... I I keep saying guys. Let's go with ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope everybody enjoys the show worldwide and you guys can tune in to waypoint wednesdays live on youtube but if not you can always listen to the rerun here and on your favorite podcast platform so once again with that being said let's get to it What is going on, guys? We're back for another episode of the weekly live stream. Waypoint Wednesdays back online. Let's see. I'm going to get the mouse turned around here. How's everybody doing tonight? Let's see. We got change the lighting up a little bit, trying to move the studio around, get this all set up. Eventually, we'll get it right. Yeah, one of these days. But uh, so, all right, so busy week so far and going to be an even busier week uh, for a few people. Get the uh, the trusty news reporter pen here. Um, So let's see, what do we got going on here? Let's do the recap really quick. First and foremost, I did see a big shout out to Travis from every single Sunday for sharing the status uh, and um, and sharing uh, sharing the videos and sharing the stuff uh, with his with his audience. Uh, if you haven't already uh, checked it out, jump on over to uh, every single Sunday. Uh, you want to get on that on YouTube, and then you also want to check that out on Instagram uh, as well uh, to keep up with some of his adventures. So I see that him and I believe the gentleman uh, is Bo from Ready to Ride Rentals. They're out doing a bunch of riding on their adventure bikes on that KTM 790, uh, which I blame my purchase of the 790 on Travis. He is a horrible influence, uh, but you still want to follow him. Don't get me wrong. You you want to get over and follow him uh, and check out some of his stuff. He's uh, he is he's actually kind of ties into what we're talking about tonight. We're doing a little bit about uh, talking about what's in the garage and that kind of stuff. And then also a quick story on uh, some uh, less unfortunate and uh, incident with the bike uh and and you guys already kind of saw that it's uh we're going to talk about some batteries and 12 volt batteries for motorcycles so uh let's get uh let's get going on this so uh let me see here jump over and see where they are at they're running running around here okay so let's uh first let's talk a little bit of rally stuff right let's do a recap uh, on that. So a lot of news coming. I finally saw some messages and some stuff uh, coming down the pipe that we're definitely going to want to talk or coming out of the pipe. Or I don't know how you want to m- insert motorcycle related saying here. Kick stands up, you know, side stands up. Uh, I don't know, whatever you guys want to, however you guys want to slice that one. But 
Um, so there's definitely some news coming. Can't quite share it yet, but almost there. Uh, then we've got um, Sonora Rally training. So Sonora Rally is hosting their first school uh, this coming weekend. And so there's already some people traveling to that and getting ready for it. Uh, for those of you playing the home game and that haven't uh, seen what has been going on or you're not listening to the Chasing Waypoints podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple, and da 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 and a bunch of others. If you haven't already checked that out, then uh, this will be news to you. If you already checked it out, then you're, I'm just saying this once again. So a lot of changes happening. Uh, Sonora Rally finally opened up their registration uh, for people to get signed up and ready to go. And then uh, they also, on that same day, moved the dates of the event. So now... Uh, we're talking about uh, it is October 17th through the 22nd is going to be the new dates for the Sonora Rally. Um, so if you guys are ready for that, uh, you got plenty of time to prepare. Uh, a few bikes that we're already getting ready. We saw uh, Jacob Argybright's bike uh, and what he was working on for Sonora Rally. So now he's got even more time to get that thing dialed in. Uh, so watch out the rest of the world. That should be uh, an interesting, interesting build. And, and uh, Jacob's already, you know, punched the passport. I believe he's already been out to Morocco on a full rally bike. Uh, then also uh, Sonora Rally as well. So it'll be really interesting to uh, to see his his choice for rally training and events and stuff like that throughout the year. Uh, so yeah, so that's Sonora Rally. Um, so the rally calendar has shifted a little bit. Uh, we're going to have the first rally coming up is going to be, well, obviously the Sonora Rally Training School. Uh, then you're going to have the Baja Rally, the first event for them. Uh, which is going to be coming up in May. Let me get uh, the trusty computer fired up here uh, so we can get you guys the actual dates on this uh, here really quick. We want to make sure we have all of that set up. Baja Rally, there it is. All right, so they've got, we know, we already know they got their six-day event uh, that's coming up. Uh, that's going to be in October. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so right now, the next up, so what's going to be the first uh, rally event uh, of the North American Rally Series or the North American Rallies, uh, we're going to have the San Quentin Rally, which is going to be uh, May 20th through the 22nd. Um, let me get the calendar open so we can look at exactly when that is. I've already requested the days off uh, so we can check that out. Here we go. April, May. Uh, May 20th through the 22nd. So that's going to be a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday for that event. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, jump over to the Baja Rally Moto website. Uh, that'll get you tuned up for that one. And then right after that or coming up after that is going to be the Kota Rally. Uh, so Colorado, Utah area. Uh, that is with Mike Graves and company. Uh, you'll be... Uh, that is a Malamoto style rally. So Malamoto, remember for the home game, guys. Uh, that is, you got to run everything. You are hundred uh, percent, self-contained working on your own bike. No massages, no, uh, uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. Got to pack a certain amount of tools, spares and anything like that. That's like the, I, I, I compare that to the class 11 guys in the Baja series in the Baja races. You know, these are the, the, the warriors, the guys that are, you know, signing up for basically hell. Um, because it is a difficult, uh, it is a difficult time. You know, you don't have a full-time mechanic there. That's going to help you with your bike, uh, to get it ready for the next stage. So definitely want to, uh, check that out. We'll, we'll be looking for some more coverage and stuff like that, uh, for this year's event. 
Um, let's see. So Kotar Rally then is going to be September 11th, starting on the 11th. Uh, actually, it's the 10th through the 17th, so that's in September. So you've got May for the Sanking Teen Rally. Then you've got uh, Kotar Rally uh, coming up in September. Uh, and then once we get clear of that, then begins the fun. You've got um, those two rallies to warm up and get ready for the six-day Baja Rally, which is going to be October 2nd through the 8th. Uh, and then right after that six day event, you're going to go right into what is the Sonora rally, which is going to be October 17th through the 22nd. So it's going to be right there back to back on that one. And then followed by that, the final race, uh, is going to be, uh, the Catavina rally. And that is going to be the first through the third of December. That is going to be, uh, the last rally of the year. And then it'll be just in time to get the Dakar started all over again. Uh, and we can check that out as well. So looking forward to it uh, i've already got uh, some time off requests in and looking forward to getting uh, getting out to the events uh traveling a little bit and um just hanging out with everybody so this is gonna be pretty cool uh let's see here and then we've got that so the one i want to know more about too and i haven't been able to find anything out is going to be the uh ktm adventure rally uh want to know a little bit more about that idaho maybe i don't know colorado mm, no sé uh, we'll have to figure that one out uh, and get some more information on that one because uh, this this calendar is getting booked quick. Um, all right, so we've got that squared away. Let's see, what are we doing? We've got our rally calendar. Uh, we'll get that updated. Uh, I am working on some new t-shirt designs. If you guys want to check those out, they'll be up on the website. Going to be making some changes over the next week or so. Well, probably about a week and a half to two weeks traveling all next week. So uh, with that being said, um, with the traveling, uh, I won't be able to do a, uh, podcast episode for this weekend, uh, or waypoint Wednesdays for next week, uh, won't be happening. But as soon as we get back, we'll get a podcast episode in, we'll get some stuff lined up. I do want to do some coordinating even while I'm out on the road. Uh, so we can bring back the in the bivouac series on the podcast side of it and then also get some more guests uh, lined up for waypoint Wednesdays. So definitely looking forward to that. If you guys uh, want to follow along, make sure you're subscribed. You got all of that stuff taken care of. Hit the bell notification so it lets you know that uh, we're online and transmitting. Uh, also, if you are not subscribed, you can always look up the Chasing Waypoints podcast uh, on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Rocket Podcasts. It's, it's all over the place on those. For, on those. Uh, interesting enough, biggest, uh, biggest uh, fan base is on the uh, Apple side of things. So uh, Apple Podcasts is really easy to find it on there. And then you can listen to it like I do on the way to work and just see how many times I said so in each episode. Uh, but... All right, let's see. What do we got? And oh, Dave Black chiming in. What do we got here? I am packing bags for Pahrump and heading out in the morning for three days of practice. Throw your <laughs> throw the 501 up. Okay, so let's get into that. Yes. Uh, well, one, I'm, I'm traveling, Dave. And, and then two, uh, well, Project 501 is not quite done yet. Um, so that's why we were talking about tools. So uh, let's let's get into that one. Uh, so working on bikes and motorcycles in the garage and having your space set up and done and everything. And I think uh, when we talked and and had our podcast uh, episode, we were talking about you working on your bike inside the. Uh, wait, I don't want to get you in trouble. Never mind. Um, but in a very specific location that was generally frowned upon is what we'll go with. 
um, and involved getting a bike snuck into one of the floors or something like that. It reminds me of the uh, that movie Real Genius where they sneak the car into the one dude's uh, dorm room. Yeah, that. Uh, if you guys are uh, don't know about that movie, Real Genius, uh, look it up. It was uh, Val Kilmer starred in it, so you definitely want to check that one out. Yes, I know, but... Uh, so here's how the story went, and uh, this is the moral of the story. We'll start with that one first is, ladies and gentlemen, do not order your radiators off of eBay. Um, so I had a set of uh, radiators ordered up and we went through the whole thing, and I'm pretty OCD about picking, you know, making sure I got the right bike and all of that stuff. I did that, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, I look at the pictures. Yes, the pictures line up. Yes, that bike, these radiators fit that bike. Okay, cool. It's the same ones for my Project 501. So I hit the button, send them the money. I get the things. I'm on there on Sunday, ready to go. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to see how far I can get this bike today. And I'm thinking, you know, get the radiators on there, get them mounted up, uh, get the moto-minded tower on there, get, you know, at least presentable and, and getting there close. And uh, I've said, so you know what, before I take everything apart, I'm going to pull uh, the radiators out of the box. And well, lo and behold, uh, I've got a, a shiny set of radiators, which I believe are for the newer generation bikes uh, that do not use the little round bung that goes on to the frame side. So uh, now I have those sitting on the garage. Now I got to return them. And well, uh, what can I say? You live and learn. So. Uh, got another set of radiators coming uh, this time around from uh, Moose Racing. So just some stock uh, stalkers. Um, didn't go with the Husqvarna stuff. Uh, I saw they were on back order. And then plus uh, the price was a little bit steep for me. We are on a budget. Uh, and things are, you know, uh, getting a little pricey and a little harder to get a hold of. So I didn't want to venture down that road. Uh, but we got another set of radiators coming. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I got the little tool to remove the T piece, which you would never think that it would take like the special wrench to remove, uh, the hoses, but going to go with the silicone hoses on that and make sure that those are all buttoned up, getting rid of the thermostat. So a ways to go on the bike, but I was able to get a lot of little things done. The stuff that you don't you know, I finally, all the suspensions off the bike, the swing arms been cleaned and the bearings inspected and everything that I've been wanting to do there brake dismounted, sprockets mounted, everything is like starting to, to take shape. The box of parts is still pretty big, but it's getting smaller. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then as soon as I finish that, right behind it is going to be the 790 uh, to get that one going. So uh, we will see how that, uh, how the garage shapes up. But as I was thinking about it, it's like I'm going through all of this and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, tools, right? And so I'm looking at the tools uh, that are involved in taking apart the 501. And what I'm looking at is I'm thinking, okay, well, the best toolkit is the toolkit that you know you're going to use every tool in. And you don't want to carry more than you need and you don't want to carry less than you need. And especially um, in, in toolkits that you carry on the bike, you want to have tools that do more than one job and not just that one job and that's the only thing it does. Granted, you're not going to get away from that. There's always going to be those tools that you need to like, you know, it's that one tool that you need. And so what I've been doing is setting aside, you know, every time I go to the box and I look and I need a specific tool, I set it aside. I don't put it back. I set it aside. So then in the end, I know, okay, well, I did all of this on the bike and these are all the tools that it took. And now I know, okay, which ones do I need to have? But as I'm going through this, I'm finding that there's certain tools that it's like, damn, I wish I had this or, well, I don't have this or where's that stupid 13 millimeter that I used to put the workbench together that I haven't been able to find in two weeks. 
And then I walk up to the fridge and there it is on top of the, not in the fridge, on top of the fridge, like I knew where it was the whole time. And so there's, that's where I realized I was like, okay, well, there's a lot of tools and a lot of stuff that, you know, you, you they have to be in the garage handy because you use them all the time. And so, uh, if you're not, uh, following us on Instagram, you should be, uh, but on Instagram, we posted the question. All right. What are the tools? What tools do you have to have, uh, in your garage? So, uh, let's go back. And I took a screenshot of the answers because I'm not super Instagram or, uh, okay. So here we go. So, there's a few different things. Um, for me, I'm, I'm just now getting used to it. Of course, as a torque wrench, I've been used to the calibrated, you know, hand method, uh, for many, many years, uh, never had issues with things falling off the bike. You know, I always knew where to use thread lock and how much thread lock to use. Um, so, you know, that's, that's been, uh, the torque wrench has been the newest addition. And then all of the wrenches, you know, having the gear wrenches, the ones with the box in that's ratcheting and then having a, a basically a backup. That's just the standard, not fancy, uh, wrenches in there. Uh, the T handles is uh, T handles from motion pro, you know, the, the typical metric sizes that you're going to use. Um, and then recently I just picked up, uh, which I'm absolutely stoked and I used it already to do the brake discs and the, uh, and the sprocket on the bike is, uh, the Milwaukee, the power driver that they have, uh, it was a hundred bucks at home Depot. It's brushed, you know, it's not super fancy, but it does have a clutch. And I figured out at about 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, it's about eight, eight to 10, um, inch pounds. So it's definitely putting, uh, putting a little bit of torque on it. You like, you want it to maybe just get stuff started and at least run it down. So you don't have to do it as much by hand and then take the torque wrench to it. Um, a long time ago when I used to work for, uh, Ford Mendiola transaxles, uh, you could use a. Uh, you could use air tools to remove and disassemble, uh, a transmission, but you could not use them to put it together. Uh, everything had to be hand fitted, hand done and, and make sure everything was right. So, uh, that was, that was really cool. And it just kind of always stuck with me, uh, because well, nowadays, even these electric tools, they'll do a mighty fine job of ripping the head off of a bolt if you're not careful with it. So, so those are my go-to tools. So let's see what else, uh, what else we had. So Mike over at ride North. Uh, moto, let's see, lots of big motion pro tire irons. Yes. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know if he's using, uh, like a Rabaconda or one of those, uh, tire changing stations, uh, to change out the mooses on those. But, uh, I know those things are a pain in the ass if you don't have the right tools. So, uh, yes, definitely some pro motion pro tire irons. Uh, let's see. Uh, we've got another guy, uh, Paco Ingham. Uh, we've got oh, spinning T handle wrenches. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the non spinning ones that I have, I wish I would have gotten the spinning ones and also the ones with the wider handle. I got the middle, the mini ones, so they don't have as wide a handle. Uh, so sometimes you run across some bolts that you really got to lay into. And I wish I had the bigger, the bigger handles on there. Uh, let's see. And Larry Klein, here we go. Miller welder. Uh, yeah, I mean, not that you should be welding on dirt bikes all the time, but uh, it's always handy to have one uh, to do some spotting or, or do some just basic stuff or, you know, the DIY projects, building a workbench, building a table, that kind of stuff, uh, fixing something. So we got that one. Uh, let's see who else we got. Uh, Gnarly Dave uh, clocking in with a zip tie racing tire moose change stand. Uh, yes. And more. Yes. Uh, I've seen that thing in action. I like that. I like that thing you mentioned about how the, 
uh, it has that setup so you can put the, the rim lock in on it and, and it's not such a pain in the ass. So, uh, I like that. Um, may need to get one for the garage, but I don't like, I don't foresee myself changing a bunch of mooses and I'm still debating on whether to go with a moose or with a good, with a tube. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm definitely debating that I may start with tubes and then the first time I get a flat and realize, God, this is such a pain in the butt. Uh, maybe I'll change it up to the mooses. I don't know, but, uh, we'll, we'll see on that one. Uh, let's see. So we got, uh, Rob Kirby, Kirby off road, uh, torque wrench. Yes. Uh, we just talked about that. And with all of these bikes, I mean, it can be deceptive. You know, you want to make sure everything is tightened properly. Uh, you don't want to over tighten things, especially like in the fork side of it, uh, over tightening it and causing binding or anything that could damage the fork, uh, by just going too wild on the, uh, uh, on the ratchets there or, or wrench or whatever you're using at that particular time. So, uh, torque wrench for sure. There's a bunch of them out there. I have the manual clicker type, uh, which works, but I think that the cool kids all have now the digital ones that beep at you when you reach the torque. So you don't have to worry about it. You just listen for the beep and you are good to go. Um, so I don't know, but again, that's some of those are pretty high dollar. So I don't really want to mess with them too much. Um, all right. And then the, Man of the hour uh, at the Dakar, uh, Mason Klein chiming in, and this is a very basic moto kit, and you can fix a lot of things with this. Uh, zip ties, Motion Pro T handles, a blowtorch. That's usually about what works for him, and uh, yeah, a blowtorch maybe a little aggressive, but uh, I am sure it will get the job done. Uh, I've heard it works wonders on Threadlock and frame paint as well. So uh, definitely want to watch out what you're doing with that. And I hear how that it could uh, cause things to spontaneously combust just after they get red hot. So uh, definitely want to watch out for that kind of stuff. But that is uh, that is a report, uh, at least for the guys that uh, chimed in. I appreciate you guys uh, jumping in and checking that out or replying to it. Um, so yeah, so there's a ton of tools. So I want to know more. What are the tools? What are the specialty tools? What are the things that you're using? What was the last tool that you bought? Drop that in the comments below. If you are here live uh, in the chat, drop it in there. If you are listening to this after, which you should have been here live, um, go ahead and drop it in the comments and we'll go ahead and catch up on the next episode uh, for that one here. So let's get back over to YouTube. There it is. All right. So let's see here. Next up, uh, we have got, uh, let's talk. Okay. That's the tool side of it. Right. And so now let's talk about batteries, right? Tools. We could go on for hours and I, I started looking at them and I'm like, you know, uh, my brother for Christmas got me this, uh, where, uh, torque wrench and I really like it. It's, it's awesome, you know, and it's, it's unique, right? I like the different unique type tools. You know, it doesn't look like your typical snap on. It doesn't look like your typical Husky, that kind of thing. Um, so then I was like, well, you know, I'd, I'd really like to get this stuff. And so then I started looking at the tools and this was the official tool of Red Bull racing formula one for a year or two or something like that. But, um, they're really badass tools. Then I started looking at the price tags and I go, no, absolutely not especially not for a 10 millimeter socket that I know is going to be in the garage for about 30 seconds before I lose it. So I toned it down a little bit, came out of the clouds, went right back to the Home Depot Husky tool section 
and just picked up the things that I need. And, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get a set of wrenches. But then I looked at it and I go, I don't need a set of wrenches because there's only so many wrenches that you use. And that's why I went back and I said, okay, I need to survey this bike. And by doing that, it's like, okay, I'm going to set aside all the tools that I use to take this thing apart. And then afterwards, I'm going to take an inventory. I'm going to see what I need. And then I'm going to go, okay, these are the tools that I got to throw in the toolkit for this. And I'll probably get one of those little tool pouches from Climb or, or, you know, I'll find a tool pouch that works and I'm going to set up. And these are my 501 tools. And then over on the other side, on the other bag, I've got my 790 tools. So I know that whatever I need is in there for that bike and I don't have to worry about going to grab anything. Uh, and then, so it's like you almost end up with three sets of tools in, in my case, right? You one for each bike and then you got the ones that hang on the, on the, uh, on the wall. The reason because if you go diving into those to go grab common tools, uh, then the one time you forget, you're going to remember it when you're in the middle of nowhere in some sand washer on top of some pine forest and wondering, damn, I really could use that right now. And where is it? It's sitting at your house, enjoying the nice weather, sitting on the bench, you know, just chilling. And so why even mess with it? Just it's it's worth it to spend a little bit extra and just get what you need and and, and put it on there. So uh, that's the tool story. That's that's how I've you know determined about packing tools. And this started all the way back when we used to race the Baja Bugs, uh, and that's how you determine the tool bag because well, Baja Bug is heavy, and you can make a tool bag that weighs just as much as the Baja Bug if you're not careful. So you got to pick your battles wisely uh, on that. So let's see. All right. So tools. Batteries. Let's talk batteries now because this has been total decision paralysis. This has been the worst uh, trying to decide which way to go. And it's because of this one term. Uh, and it's the equivalent of net carbs uh, when it comes to diet stuff. Right. And it's a made up term, something to help, you know, relate one thing to the other. Um, so, yeah, it has definitely been an interesting, uh, interesting choice. Yeah, take us up there. All right, so story goes, uh, finally ready to get back on the bike. Got the 790. She's been collecting dust. It's time to stretch its legs and go out. And I talked to um, to my friend Mauricio from Lost in Baja and race, or not race director, but general director at Baja Rally. And I'm going to say, hey, what are you guys up to? Well, it happens to be the same weekend that uh, West by 1000 and school of moto, Donnie Reddington, and then Kira and Justin, uh, from West by 1000 are doing, uh, doing this thing called the cold start. And so it's like a training camp and some riding and some food and all of that stuff. And, and I'm like, you know, Hey, this is, this sounds like the perfect excuse. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go do it. And then, you know, talking, um, you know, I had family plans and, uh, with the girlfriend and we were talking and it's like, okay, well, um, we got to go do that. And well, that didn't happen. And so, you know, no big deal. It is what it is. And then I decided, well, you know what? Hey, let you know, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll just pop in on Sunday down there and see how everybody's doing. So, uh, I back the bike out, put it out front I go over, walk to it. And mind you, it's been about a month since I started it. Uh, which is bad, you know, don't do that. Uh, I did put the uh, Maxima, the fuel, uh, the fuel additive in there um, to keep the tank fresh. And so I walk over to it, hit the button, and I get the uh, the click of death. Click, click, click. And I go, no, this isn't good. So then I said, okay, it is what it is. I understand. So 
break out the battery tender and I've got one of those like bike master versions, right? That charges at like three quarters of an amp, you know, super slow. So like, I'm just going to throw it on there, leave it on there for about an hour or so. Should be good to go. Two hours later and the light is still red, which means it was way, way lower than I thought. So I thought, okay, this is going to have to sit overnight. Wheel it back into the garage, grab an extension cord, run the thing over to it, leave it plugged in, jump on there, clean the chain really good, lube the chain, do everything, get ready, make the bike look nice and pretty, make sure the handlebars are everything there, get rid of the road book holder because I'm not going to need it for this event and get all of this stuff done. And then it's like, all right, well, we're done. We're ready. Go upstairs, get the boots out, get everything ready. I'm like, all right. So in the morning I walk downstairs thinking eight hours of charge, no big deal. Full battery. Let's get it going. I walked downstairs and click. And not only was it a click, it was a strong click, a slightly less strong click, a not so good click. And then, a, and not even really a click. So, and as I'm watching this, I'm watching the voltmeter jump down by two tenths of a volt every time I'm going, okay, this battery is fried. So then I decided, okay, well, talked to my dad really quick and said, Hey, we have brought batteries back from the dead by just slowly trickle charging them. Well, it's been on the trickle charger since Sunday. I didn't even want to start it today because I was figured, you know what? I need to figure something out. I have a problem now is I don't necessarily trust that battery because I need the battery to make sure that it's going to stay charged overnight. And then in the morning when it's cold, especially right now with the weather that we've been having, that this thing's going to turn over and the cranking amps are going to be there. So then I started thinking, well, you know, I think the smart thing to do is, yes, we can keep it on a tender. It'll be an emergency battery for, you know, whatever. And let's get, let's get something else in there. So I start thinking, okay, well, the latest and greatest and the hottest batteries out on the market, right, are lithium batteries. And so I start thinking, okay, well, let's get a lithium battery in it. And let's see what, you know, what we can do. So I started looking at them and yeah, there's a bunch of them. So then there's anti-gravity, right? Anti-gravity's got their battery. Um, they have a very unique battery, which is the restart version. So it has circuitry in it. So if the battery gets drained to a certain point, it will actually cut itself off, shut itself off. And then you have to manually basically turn the battery back on and it has its own booster pack. So you could literally kill the bike, turn the key, nothing would come on take the seat off, press the button, hold whatever the sequence is. And then all of a sudden it's like, you've got that last little bit of battery enough to start the bike, which is, I think is a really cool idea. Um, so then in talking and I reached out to some people about it and, and you know, they say, well, you know, yeah, but, uh, if the bike's hot and you know, it may not necessarily want to crank right over with that. So that took some wind out of the sails. So then I started thinking, well, there's all these other brands and some off brands. And so first of all, one of the things that I know about batteries, and I learned this in racing remote control cars is, is that there's only so many manufacturers in the world that have the capacity to make a lithium battery. So the packaging that they come in is just basically belongs to whoever is selling the battery for that week. So it's not necessarily that. So you kind of have to go on the track record, track record of the battery, right? Anti-gravity does a lot. Um, Shorai does a lot. You have uh, ballistic that does a lot. And then you've got, you know, the smaller brands battery tender has their own version of lithium batteries. And then you have the stuff from Western power sports and the stuff from parts unlimited and, and then EarthX and all of these other different batteries and stuff like that. And each of them, it's like a toothbrush almost, right? 
it's made up of the same stuff. They change the colors on it. They make the shape a little bit different. And then ta-da, there's, you know, your battery. And so I'm looking at all this and I'm going, man, this sucks because there's so many different choices. And there's a significant advantage to the lithium battery in that the cranking amps that this thing will, will produce out of a battery that's the same size. And then there's also the weight savings of a battery. You're talking in the equivalent batteries that I was looking at, you're looking at five pounds. You're looking at a five pound difference just in the battery alone. That's pretty huge. So then you think, well, well, you know, yeah. But there is that one hidden thing that will bite you in the ass if you're not careful with. And that is the uh, battery of equivalent of net carbs. Uh, which net carbs, for those of you that don't know what that is, is just super simple. It's basically your fiber my, or your carbohydrates minus your fiber. That gives you the net carbs. I looked it up. That's not even an official term. That is not even like a, a scientifically back like FDA says, oh, yeah, no, this is just something made up by the food industry. At least the article I read, and since everything is true on the Internet, you know, it's, you know, whatever. It's gospel, right? Google said it, said it. So Google, you know, Google is so. Okay, so then I start looking through this and then I find out and I've kind of known this one for a while and I think a lot of people don't realize it is is that you have um, this term called PBEQ, so lead equivalent. And you'll see that on the battery and you'll see that when you see it's a, oh, look, it's an 18 amp hour uh, battery, but it will be 18 PBEQ. So that's an 18 amp hour lead equivalent battery. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, what it actually means is, is that the cranking amps are equivalent or better than the 18 amp hour battery that you would be picking up normally for said bike or 14 amp hour, whatever it is. But the thing is, is that the lithium batteries with low internal resistance and all that stuff are meant to actually, how should we say this? They're actually they don't have the actual amp hour com- ratings that a lead acid battery does. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, in doing the research, it's basically you're not going to be able to suck as much power out of it, right? You'll get so much and then all of a sudden it just drops off. And while that's good because it's not like a slow burn, it actually kind of holds its strength and then just drops. Um, it's going to have less of that span than your typical lead acid, your AGM absorbed glass mat, uh, or your gel type battery. So, you know, I don't know. I have a hard time with that because now you're thinking, okay, well, uh, where does that come in handy? Well, if you were to say, forget to turn off your ignition and you leave the lights on, uh, you're going to have two thirds more time, to make that realize that mistake than you will with the than you will with the lithium battery and that's just kind of a rough estimate that it's about two or it's about a third of the capacity of the amp hour capacity of a standard battery and so what does that mean so uh, let's uh, let's pick some easy numbers right if you could leave it on for 24 minutes with a regular battery you've got about eight minutes with a normal or with a lithium type battery so 
I don't know, right? That's kind of the thing. But if you're, you know, yeah, every time you go, you shut it off, you know, you do all of that stuff and you don't have to worry about that. And then now you can carry like a little booster pack that'll at least get you a couple more starts. And that doesn't weigh that much anyway. So, and you can charge your phone and then you can do all sorts of other stuff with it. Uh, you know, what What do you do now? And then the, the thing you do have for it is this obviously is the cranking amps. So that's where this whole thing comes in. It's like, well, you can get a lithium now pretty much the same price as a good quality UASA, um, you know, AGM battery. So do you want to go with lithium? Do you want to go with that? I mean, when we were, when I was working at, at BMW motorcycles, that was one of the things that we talked, you know, about as well, the lithium batteries, right. And people wanted the lithium batteries and it was almost like, well, you know, yeah, the new double R's are coming with lithium batteries. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if that still rings true. It's been a bit since I worked there, but, um, yeah. So the performance bikes are getting them. So why wouldn't a, you know, another motorcycle get, why would you steer away from that? You know, do you want that reserve capacity? Um, does it matter or do you prefer the lightweight? You know, what's the balance on it? And, and yeah, so I think, you know what, okay, well maybe on the 790 and what I'm doing, you know, the raid kit, it's going to be lighter and it's going to be narrower. And yeah, so maybe, you know, we'll, we'll try one of those out and, you know, it's just, it's something that you just got to watch out for and be careful for, you know, make sure that you're turning off your ignition, make sure that you're minding, you know, all the plugs and crap that you've got plugged onto these things. And if you have to add a, a, a like a, a powered, uh, fuse bank to plug in, you know, the heated gear, the gloves, the heated seat, you know, the, the led turn signals, the kitchen sink, the, you know, I don't know, the coffee maker, all of this other crap then yeah, lithium probably is not for you. Um, but if you are going to go do just, you know, some regular, regular old stuff, you know, just standard bike, I don't think it's that big of a problem, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of in the middle of the road, you know, which, which way to go. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see like, okay, well, if we throw a Shirai in this, you know, just a super light lithium battery that works, you know, this is the first time I've had problems with a bike with a battery because I'm usually pretty good about putting it on a tender and doing that stuff. So makes me wonder, would I really notice a five pound difference, uh, at the highest point of the bike or one of the highest points of the bike? I don't know. So may have to check that one out for sure. I do like the idea, uh, of, you know, getting it set up, putting the, uh, putting the charge cable on it because it does have a balancing plug in it also, not just the two 12 volt terminals. Um, so I do like the idea of getting everything set up and just having a nice plug right there, ready to go, uh, to be able to plug the bike in and not have to worry about it. Um, so I definitely want to do something like that. Um, but you know, the decision is, is okay, which one to get, what should, uh, what should be in the bike? So I don't know. What do you guys think? What's, uh, what would you do? Would you, would you be running a lithium? Would you not be running a lithium? Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know what the rally bikes run. I wonder if the rally bikes are running a, a AGM or if they're running an actual lithium battery in them. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to find that one out. All right. So let's see. So yeah, so that's, that's the story on the battery stuff. Uh, the bike is still on the charger waiting on some, uh, some stuff to get here. And then we'll get, uh, we'll get going on that one. So let's see here. We've got that. We've talked to batteries 
And I mean, and, and it's that question. If you ask that question on the forums, it's like almost just as bad as asking what oil to run. Um, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion as which batteries work the best for them in their particular situation. And then the very next guy is going to go, no, because this happened and this happened and this happened. And I was running that battery and no way I'm never touching that one again. So <sighs> there's so much, there's so much to do. So let's see here. Let's go down. What do we got here? Man, it's really, really interesting. I'm seeing a lot of, excuse me. I'm seeing a lot of adventure bike, uh, a lot of adventure bike and UTV stuff on, uh, on the Baja rally, uh, website. Very interesting. And then I'm also seeing, uh, well, yeah, they got, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give it to them. And, and I know, I mean, I know the people that are responsible for getting these people together, uh, West by 1000, but they always seem to have a really good eye for, for who to get, uh, on the program to get pictures taken of these events. Cause there's a lot of great pictures on here. Justin, really talented photographer, uh, Donnie Reddington as well. Very talented photographer. Uh, even, um, uh, one day he only went for a couple of events, but Ng, uh, from Hong Kong street team and those guys, they, uh, his, he's got a really cool eye. Like he does some really cool lifestyle shots and just, you know, hanging out, uh, in the bivouac and, and doing that stuff. He's got some really cool photography. So, uh, don't believe me, jump over to the, uh, social medias on, uh, on, uh, Baja rally and you'll see some of their, um, their stuff, some of the talented guys that they've had, uh, photographing there. Um, but then also I've seen some cool stuff from Sonora rally, but I know that, you know, again, the stuff behind that, the driving force behind that, uh, in recent years has been, uh, Justin and Kira of West by 1000. So, uh, definitely enjoy checking them out. Uh, especially the black and white stuff. Justin's got a really good eye. I like the, some of the black and white stuff that he's done, uh, as well. So let's see here. All right. Well, we've got all that. That's all the entry fee stuff. Yeah, so to recap the rally calendar super quick. Um, all right, first up is going to be the Baja Rally San Quintin Rally. Uh, that is going to be in May. That is the 20th through the 22nd. Uh, then the next one after that and a little ways there is going to be the Kota Rally. Uh, that is going to be September 10th through September 17th. Uh, 2022 and then we go back to Baja Rally for the six day event which is going to be October 2nd through the 8th uh, and then right behind that a week later or a week break and then you're going to jump right into uh, October 17th through the 22nd for Sonora Rally uh, and then right after Sonora Rally you'll have a little bit of a break and then it's going to be the final rally of uh, the Baja Rally series which is the Catavina Rally which is going to be December 1st through 3rd so market calendars, check them out, make some time. Uh, again, reach out to the organizations. Um, if you haven't already been to a rally raid and you haven't experienced what it's like to be in the bivouac, uh, and hanging out with people and watching the racing and all that kind of stuff, reach out to the organization. They may need volunteers. Uh, they may have a bivouac pass that you can purchase and then come down and follow the event and even just hanging out in the bivouacs, right. And just going to these events and just going to the hotels and where they're going to be it's just cool, you know, and, and everybody seems friendly. You can walk around and talk to people and do all that stuff and just kind of get a feel for how these events run. It's very different. You know, there's not that the competitive side of it happens when everybody's kind of like sitting in staging and waiting and I can see their faces and, you know, the faces are a little bit more game faced, 
But by the time they get back, they're just, you know, everybody's cool. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to go, you know, I'm done with today's stage and go hang out and, you know, and they're there and you walk by any of the bivouacs and you'll see, you know, the, the people are just sitting there bench racing and talking. And so very common to see competitors, you know, in the same class roll up and hang out in the same bivouac and they're all working together and doing that stuff. So really, really cool. So I very much so encourage uh, reaching out to the organizations um, to see if, if maybe they need some help or, you know, or, or they have something where you can go and enjoy uh, some time in the bivouac. So highly recommend that. Well, with that being said, I'm going to wrap it up a few minutes early. I got still some packing to do and, and getting some stuff ready. So uh, again, I won't be on next Wednesday. We're going to um, skip that Wednesday, but we'll be definitely uh, doing some networking and getting, uh, getting some names together uh, so we can get some more guests on Waypoint Wednesdays and also uh, on the Chasing Waypoints podcast. So we can also do a couple more of those uh, in the bivouac episodes. I had a lot of fun doing those. Uh, and talking and meeting some new people. And so definitely looking, uh, looking forward to doing that. Uh, with that being said, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the bell notification. So that way it will let you know that, uh, that we're online and that we're live and, and going, or if there's a new video that get post that gets posted, you definitely want to check that. And then also if you're there and you got your phone in your hand, look at your podcast platform. Where do you go? Is it, is it Apple podcasts? If it's Spotify, just type in chasing waypoints. It'll come right up for you. You'll see there you'll, you've got the, uh, the yellow logo on it. Very easily recognized. Uh, hit that subscribe button on that one too. And then feel free, chime in, follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can always send me messages, direct messages. Uh, and then I can get, you know, get back to you. Maybe if there's questions or if there's something that you're interested in or want to know more about, if I don't know the answer and I can't make it up or some, you know, never mind. I won't make up the answer. If we've got uh, somebody that we can reach out to that's got the answers, we'll, we'll make that one happen. So uh, with that being said, that is a wrap for tonight's episode. Hope everybody is well. Everybody have fun out there. Dave, enjoy that training out there in Pahrump. Have some fun. Uh, check back in with us. I definitely want to hear some more about how that went. And, uh, and we'll talk to you guys soon.